Good morning, Top Fan uh, Rivalry followers. It is Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. We've got a new guest in our clubhouse with a team that we've discussed a little bit before, but this is going to be a lot of fun because he's got some great baseball knowledge, and I can't wait to hear what he says. Dave, welcome to the clubhouse. How are you? Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me. This is great. I, I've been looking forward to this for a while now. So so have I. This has been set up yeah. for about a week, and I've, I've been excited about this. I know you're a baseball purist. and So tell me, who's your team? Uh, well, it is the Boston Red Sox. Okay. First and, and foremost. Where did that start? Is that a family thing? Did you grow up in the area? How did that play out? So I actually remember my very first game. Uh, it was April 21st. And this is the reason why I remember this game so much. So April 21st, 1991, my father took me to my first Red Sox game. It was uh, Red Sox versus uh, Toronto Blue Jays. And one of the main reasons why I remember this game is because I was down when I was younger. I used to love to get like autographs and I didn't really know too much. I remember like, you know, before my Red Sox game, my first game, uh, my father would have baseball cards and he'd give me packs of cards and I'd open them up. And I was I guess I've just always been into baseball. So I was down by the Blue Jays dugout trying to get some autographs and whatever. And I came back to my seats. And my father was there, and he had a baseball in his hand. And he says, oh, I, I was able to catch a ball for you before the game. You know, it was a um, batting practice ball. So I was like, I was just over the moon. I was like, yeah, I was like, this is great. I love it. You know, 10-year-old me just pumped. And I said, how did you catch this? What was going on? And he said, well, uh, three rows down, it bounced off that lady's head, and it fell right in in my lap so so he was like uh and it was the 90s it wasn't like the friendly Fenway that it is now where it's like you know not not that I'm not saying my father's a jerk but you know nowadays it's like if it bounces off a lady's head you're like uh I'm sorry ma'am would you like this ball you know back then it's like oh, it's mine yep see you later so I actually still have this baseball to this day I put it in a little case and me and my father always we still laugh about it to this day you know 20 something years 30 something years later you know I, so it reminds me and you know this name because he's a red Sox now but rich hill yep a couple years ago before covid in 2019 or 2018 he was playing for the dodgers i went to dodger stadium and i'm just sitting there i'm just having and so at dodger stadium they have like three rows and then a bar where like those are like you know the premium seats and then a bar where all of us you know peons sit right Right. And I'm sitting probably five rows behind that bar. I'm just having my Dodger dog and nachos. And this kid is trying to get Rich Hill and Rich Hill's playing catch. And he's done kind of playing catch. This kid's trying to get him to throw a ball. Well, the distance between me and the kid is probably 15, maybe 20 yards. Like it's yeah. not, I'm not right by him. Rich overthrows this kid and pretty much throws it in my lap, which <laughs> at the time Rich Hill was like, five and 12 for the Dodgers or something like that. And I'm like, right. now I can understand why. And yeah, so right. <laughs> I, I go walk down to hand the kid the ball because I knew he wasn't throwing it at me. He's throwing it at the kid. Right. So I go walk down to hand the kid the ball and Rich has already thrown another one to this kid and bounces it in front of the kid and almost takes out the kid's face. But the kid gets the ball. So I'm like, all right, I'll keep this one. You keep that one. Right. It was awesome. So that I, I appreciate you telling that story that by the way, 
that's my favorite question to ask people because it's always a father and son or grandpa and granddaughter or uncle or aunt. It's like family. And that's what you remember about baseball is it's not, you don't remember the first game. You don't remember the score of the game maybe, or who hit what, but you remember going with your dad and you remember the poor lady getting hit in the noggin. Yeah. And in fact, it's, it's funny because, you know, my father took me to my first game and I was, I'm lucky enough that I was able to take my son to his first game. So, and you know, he was, I I always made me and my wife always make the joke where it's like, you know, I didn't go to my first Red Sox game until I was 10 years old. He went to his first Red, Red Sox game when he was like two or three, you know, and now he's, he's 10 years old and he's been to a, a, a zillion games. In fact, he's going tonight, uh, Red Sox Yankees on uh, tonight they're playing the uh, the Wednesday game right. and he's just like you know it, it's it's so funny because it used to be such it, it's still it's still a huge experience for all of us like I love I love going to Fenway Park but it's just like it's second nature to him now it's just like you know I'm going to Fenway yep you know and he loves it he loves it he's totally like involved in the game he's like the only He's more involved in the game than I am. Like he watches wow. every play, watches the pitchers, and we're also I have a 10 game uh season ticket pack which is um row uh section 40 row 5 um seats 23 and 24 which are right on the aisle and it's like directly behind the Red Sox bullpen. So he is like always needs to sit on the last seat so we can run down and try to catch a ball after they warm up. So this, my son has like a million baseballs. It's, it's insane, you know? And I said, enjoy this now, because once you get to my age, no one's going to be giving balls to you until, you know, until someone throws them in your nachos. Accidentally, you know, or hits them in your nachos. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to get a baseball until it bounces off some lady's head. So, or, or as we just saw on the uh, thing the other day, the guy pushed the kid out of the way and caught the ball and, that Juan Soto had thrown up. I'm like, unless you're gonna do that as, right. as an old guy, right? Right. So don't be awesome. don't be that Zach Campbell, you know. Exactly. Uh, All right. So switching gears on you. So we know you're a Red Sox fan. We know you go to the stadium a lot, which I love. By the way, I grew up in Orange County, California, but I'm a huge Dodger fan. I'm not an Angel fan. I mean, I guess eh, whatever. I go to a game, but um my high school was only 10 minutes, 15 minutes away from there. And when I played baseball growing up, we didn't have practice on Wednesdays. And back in those days, those were getaway days. Right. So oftentimes those were afternoon games. So we'd get out of school at 1130 and we'd head over to the stadium, buy a $2 ticket and sit up in the nosebleed. And by the sixth inning, we're sitting wherever we want in the stadium. Yeah. And so like your son, I probably know Angel Stadium, because I've been there, I've probably been to Angel Stadium four or five hundred times in my life. Right. Um, Dodger Stadium a little less because of the distance, maybe two hundred times. But I know, like back of my hand, and so like your son, I'm sure when your son starts taking his kids in right. years to come, he'll be able to go. Hey, you know, your granddaddy took me over here, and look at this. This is where we got our first set of nachos or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. It's funny That's- you say that too, because I would love to actually know the number of times I've been in that park, you know, uh, it's, it's so many. I remember like my entire life, like since that 10 year old first game to now I'm 41 and how many times I've actually been in it because I have a, 
uh, a tradition where I have to go to opening day every single year. And I've started this tradition in 2001. And obviously come 2005, uh, 2008 and uh, 2014, it got very expensive because right. of the World Series. And then, World of course, in, in 2019, the only the only opening day that I've missed, obviously, is 2020 because there wasn't one. But now it's like, you know, before 2001, I'd go by myself. You, you, you buy a ticket and you're there for opening day. And now it's like, well, now I have to buy two tickets, one for me and one for my son. And the prices are ridiculous now. There's no more two dollar tickets that that's the that's the gist of it it's awful well that's that has everything to do with we won't mention any names but scott boris and <laughs> you know getting 600 right. million dollar contracts for his clients right good for you scott not so good for us those of us that are paying for it right? right and so um by the way if you're ever out here in la we'll go to a game you and i will go to oh a game. yeah i'd love it but if you're ever out here in la i'm not going to opening day with you no. I'll tell you why. <laughs> First of all, the tickets are expensive. Second of all, it's a day game. And Dodger Stadium is up on a hill. Right. Okay. And the baseball gods make sure that it's about 130 degrees on opening day. It doesn't matter if it's been raining the day before. It's 130 degrees outside. And if you're sitting on the third base side, there is no opportunity for shade. Right. You have no opportunity for shade. Like you're, you're just a lobster. And so you fight the traffic to get there. You fight the traffic to get off the mountain. You become a lobster. You overpay for food and drink. So before you know it, you've spent 200 bucks. You come home as a freaking lobster. Right. And you're sitting there looking, going, I could have watched this on TV, not gotten sunburned, and right. like falling asleep after the game, taking a so nap you want or whatever. To, you want to know the, the, flip, the funny flip side to that is if you come to opening day at Fenway, mm-hmm. there's most likely going to be a snowstorm. Yes. And I think it was two years ago or th- uh, I think it was like three or four years ago. It snowed. Uh, oh. It was maybe 22 degrees out and it was possibly the windiest game I've ever been to. And it was just it, it was like you were going to a football game. It was just brutal. But a couple of couple of cups of coffee with maybe a nip or two in there and you're all set. You know, you just warm right up. So, well, I mean, that's the, and this is a, this is a question for another podcast. But that's, that's the thing that, I mean, the world series doesn't start till October 28th this year. No. And I started laughing. I've been telling people all the time, listen, if you get, and this isn't going to happen this year, but if you get Colorado against Cleveland, explain to me how we're not watching the lions on Thanksgiving day and the seventh game of the world series, right? Because things have been snowed out or what I mean, we just keep pushing it back further and further and further. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in Cleveland in November outside no. trying to play baseball. I don't feel there any reason to be a World Series past, uh, like, I mean, November? Like, that's ridiculous. Well, I mean, now with these new playoff situations where 28 out of 30 teams make the playoffs, I mean, now it's ridiculous because now you've yeah. got this thing where it just goes – way out into the i mean when you're starting game one of the world series on the 28th of of october now mind you houston not so much right but let's just say the yankees make the world series which is a a possibility i know you're a red sox fan yeah no it's true let's say the dodgers make it okay it's gonna be great in la yeah that time of year because we get like seven rainstorms a year out in this area (laughs) but how warm is it going to be on november 3rd in new york Oh, man. At an eight o'clock start time, 
Right. Right. It's going to be brutal. You it know, really it, is. And so you're going to have rain outs or sleet outs or snow outs. And oh, my gosh, before yep. you know it, we're going to be thinking, you know, thanking the pilgrims for our turkeys and watching the game seven of the World Series. I mean, the only way you could fix that, if you want to make the World Series, in my opinion, if you want to make the World Series that late, do what the Super Bowl does and just do like a, a designated location, some someplace warm. Go down to one of these brand new stadiums that they built, you know, down south. Go to go to Houston, go to Arizona, you know, go go to Miami, have the World Series there. Play a four uh, a five game set, you know, call yeah. it five, you know, best of four wins or uh, I'm sorry, best of three wins and, and that's it. But uh, also, you know, of course it's a money thing. It's so. a money exactly. And I mean, and explain to me too, this is another sidebar, but explain to me why Target Field in Minnesota, when they built it, why they didn't build the dome. I mean, these guys have a shot for the playoffs this season, too. And again, if you're going to go deep in October, I don't want to be in Minnesota outdoors in October, in late October. No, no, it's brutal. It's like being in Michigan that time of year. I mean, it's it's just crazy. But it's a good way to sell more stuff, I guess. You know, now you have to buy a, a, a Minnesota Twins winter coat, Exactly. you know. So. I was at the World Series. Here's my twins yeah. coat. Just to prove it. <laughs> All right. Switching gears from favorite teams. Let's talk about favorite players. Favorite player past and favorite player present. They don't have to be Red Sox. They can be. Yeah. But tell me why. Uh, all right. So favorite player past. Uh, I'm into the old school Red Sox players from, from when I went. So we're talking like uh, Ellis Burks, Mike Greenwell, um, Jody Reed, Wade Boggs, Roger Clemens. Uh, Roger Clemens was always kind of like, uh, kind of thrown into my head as one of my favorite players, only because we share the same birthday. So okay. and my father always told me, he "Goes, oh, you and Roger Clemens have the same birthday," and I was like, oh. "So automatically, as a young kid, you're like, oh, he's my favorite player. I'm gonna meet him one day, and we're gonna, I'm gonna tell him that we have the same birthday." And then when you get older, you're like, "He's not gonna care," and I've never met him, so. Um, then when I got older, it was like, um, I really liked like the dirt dogs of like the guys who get down and dirty, like, uh, Trot Nixon loved Trot Nixon. He was one of my, one of my favorite outfielders. And now that I'm older and I want to see more records get broken because I really enjoy the history of baseball, not only like, um, good history, but I, I enjoy like, you know, the show that I do in a pickle, we do the less glamour side of sports. So um, I just want to see like records get broken. So I know there's going to be a lot of Red Sox fans that don't want to hear it, but honestly, like right now, Aaron judge is killing it. Like he's definitely in that top five for me. It'll be like Aaron judge Shohei, And then, I mean, you know, like a Raphael Devers. So yeah. It's just it's hard because it's like you don't want to root for the Yankees, but in the same way you're like, it's inevitable. Like it doesn't you gotta matter. Respect talent is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. The talent. I mean, I yeah, I hate the Giants as much as any Dodger fan does, right? Right. But you respect talent. You respect guys like Buster Posey that that were extremely talented, right? And you know, reinvented the catcher position and right. showed that it can be a, a power hitting spot and things like that. 
So you got to respect, you know, you got to respect that, but it doesn't mean you have to like the team. Yeah. So you know, I, like I, I tell my son, you know, because uh, he gets hooked like we all did when we were younger, even even today when we're older now, you know, you, you really attach yourself to a player that's on your favorite team. And you're like, oh, man, it's so heartbreaking when he leaves. And it's like, well, you root for the laundry, not the player. But then when you get a, a little older and you you do find other players in different laundry and you're like, oh, this Mike Trout guy is not bad. Huh? This Shohei cat's pretty cool. You know, oh, this Aaron Judge, uh, he plays for the rivals, but he's pretty cool, I guess. You know, and it's just like whatever. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I have two. I hate to use the term man crush, but that you kind of have favorite players that you have man crushes on, right? Yeah. Two Red Sox, believe it or not. And I'll, I'll tell you both of them, and I'll tell you the reason why I think I like them so much. Because they stayed out of the limelight off the field. They showed up every day, laced them up, and said, put me in. I don't care how bad I'm hurting. Put me right. in, and I'm going to do it. Jason Veritek, oh, Dustin well, Pedroia. Yeah. Dustin yeah. Pedroia, if his – career wasn't shortened by injuries that guy's a hall of famer absolutely he just played the game right and did you ever see him go back into the clubhouse with a clean jersey any night never 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 i mean the the dude yeah you can't deny veritek either like this dude's won every world series imaginable right (laughs) And, and i appreciate the fact that i mean i'm not big into the like you say the the different side of sports. I'm not big into the pitchers throwing at people and, you know, fights right. and stuff like that, but I do appreciate how Veritech protected this pitcher against a rod. And, right. you know, if you're going to sit there and, and yell at the pitcher, the catcher is right yeah. there. Right. Absolutely. And he's supposed to protect you. And, and so I gained a lot of respect for Jason Veritech that day when a rod decided he wanted, you know, go after, I can't remember who it was, but Derek Lowe or somebody, I, I think it might have been Derek Lowe. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Veritech, you just earned my respect because you're going to walk down that line with A-Rod and tell him to shut the heck up too. Yep. As A-Rod sit there cussing at your pitcher. All right, right. Cool. And that is the type of thing that like makes you really pumped up because it's like, oh, okay. They're not playing for their personal stats. They're a team. Yeah. You know, that that's where like you see a lot of guys like, you know, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. Like he's he strikes me as a guy who's playing for his own personal stats and could care less, you know. And then there's guys who like you know like the Baratek who will play for the team, the Pedroyas that play for the team. Even like I remember back in the day where uh, Mo Vaughn w- just side tackled. I forget. I think they were playing Tampa, but they were jarring him and uh, whoever the batter was was jarring at uh, Aaron Seeley. And Movon just came out of left field and just dropped him, you know. And it's just like that's the team. That's that's what being on a team is all about. You protect your guys, no matter what. Even if it has nothing to do with you, like it's gonna have something to do with you because yeah, this absolutely. is your team. Absolutely. I mean, it. Veritek. I know that he'll never get into the hall because he doesn't have the offensive numbers. But if I were looking for a defensive catcher and I didn't care about offensive numbers. He's got to be in my top five. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he was a good dude and I, and, and I always, and it didn't matter. And Dustin Pedroia, a couple of times when you guys played the Dodgers, um, he would level up. Like for some reason he loved playing the Dodgers. I don't know what it was, 
and you have to kind of hate the guy that levels up against you, but you got to respect him at the same time. And every time I'm like, dang it, this guy just went, you know, three for six over two games with us. Right. Let's stop pitching to this guy, but you got to respect him. So, I mean, those two guys on, on the Red Sox are none. Well, Pedroia, um, especially because, I mean, he was from, or he, he's from California. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, and so he's, I mean, you got to respect those, those guys. And like you said, those players and we have, when you mentioned Ellis Burks, I, I always kind of go, Ugh. when I was a kid, Kevin Romine had graduated from our high school, the high school that I went to. Yeah. And Kevin Romine was playing center field until you guys signed Ellis Burks. And then <laughs> Kevin Romine <laughs> sat the pine. And so, uh, you know, forevermore, it's just one of those Homer things, right? Right. You're like, right. dude, this guy took Kevin's spot. Kevin wasn't very good. I mean, right. I think think he played three or four seasons in the MLB. But when you're a kid and you want to play in the MLB, it's like, dude, that guy's made it. Ellis Burks, <laughs> I hope he sprains an ankle. Right. <laughs> What's great about Ellis Burks is he was on the Red Sox for all those years in the 80s and into the mm-hmm. 90s. And then he came back in 2004 and was able to win the World Series with them, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. And th- those player are from my youth winning a world series is great. Yeah. They, you gotta love those guys. And there's great stories. You know, there's great Red Sox stories, Jim Rice, when the foul ball hit the girl, um, right. you know, Dewey Evans, that yep. guy played right field better than anybody can imagine, you know, playing right field. Um, you know, you guys had Rich Gedman for a while, Dave Henderson in the eighties. Right. I mean, all those guys were, were phenomenal. How how much time we got? I got a really funny story about Jim Rice that won't take long. Go for it. All right. So my grandfather was he worked for U.S. Airways. All right. And he was a a plane cleaner. So when the plane came in uh, after everybody got off, his crew came on, cleaned the plane. And that was that. Um, I don't remember the year, but he found Jim Rice's wallet in first class. Right. So my grandfather takes it. And he holds on to it after he gets out of work. He drives to wherever Jim Rice lived. His address was obviously on his license. I think back then they all lived in like Linfield or something. So he drove to Jim Rice's house, knocks on his door. Jim Rice answers the door. He goes, hey, Jim, my name is Charlie. I work for U.S. Airways. I found your wallet in the first class seat you were sitting on today. And he's like, this is amazing. Like, please come into my house. So. Long story short, uh, my grandfather sat there and had a six-pack with Jim Rice. They drank uh-huh. Heineken's until uh, it was time for my grandfather to go home. So it was just it, – it's so funny because nowadays, like, somebody finds a player's wallet, not that a, a player would, you know, fly commercial anymore, but, like, you're not going to get anything back, you know? No, and if they show up at your door, you're, like, calling the cops. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. I mean, Absolutely. nowadays. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. who's going to let you into their house nowadays? No way. But it's just so funny because that Jim, Jim Rice was just like, I, he still is just a down to earth guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what makes him so special. Yeah. Right. That's what makes him so special. All Absolutely. right. Kind of my, uh, a couple of, uh, ballpark questions. Where have you been? I've been to, uh, Tropicana field. Uh, a lot of long time ago, even back then, even 20 years ago, it was a dump, not a, not a very cool place. I've been to, uh, citizens bank park to see the Phillies. Uh, and actually this summer, um, 
me, my wife and my kids, we try to do like a ballpark tour every summer. We, we want to go to a different park every year. And uh, this summer we actually went to Yankee Stadium and City Field. So that was really cool. So we got we got to scratch off two ballparks in one year. We had a plan a couple of years ago before COVID to go. We're going to drive down to Baltimore, see an Orioles game and then drive down to Washington and see a Nationals game. But then everything got canceled. So this year we actually got to take uh, two ballparks. So I've been to plus Fenway, five parks altogether. So money's not an object. You've got a month off of work. You're going to take the family and you're going to go see five ballparks you haven't been to. Where are you going? Honestly, I would drive the West Coast. I'd go from Seattle all the way down to San Diego. If you thought the truck was bad, go to Oakland Coliseum. Oh, my God. I I have a really good friend. I I mention him on, on my podcast every single show. He moved to San Francisco about five, six years ago, and his wife's a, a, a huge Giants fan. He is now an Oakland A's fan, even though he's a diehard Red Sox fan. But uh, he says that that place is an absolute disaster, like absolute. It's it's a great place to play football. It was not built for baseball. Right. And it's and it's in the hood, first of all. Yeah. Um, it's. Um, the parking lot is full of people that you don't want to deal with. Right. (laughs) And so it's just, it's unique. And if you go there, so if you went there for a Red Sox, uh, A's game, I bet you they're selling more Red Sox gear than there are A's gear. Really? Yeah. I went for a Yankee, uh, Yankee, uh, A's game. I was in town years ago and I, you know, I was in town for business and everything I had touched turned to rust that day. You know, that, that yep. where you just have that bad day. Yep. And I'm back in my hotel and a buddy of mine, a coworker of mine, who's from the Bronx calls me up. And he says, Hey, I just looked and the Yankees are in town. Do you want to go to the game? I said, sure. Here's my corporate card. Buy two tickets, all expensive. My boss is like, did you go to a baseball game at expensive? I'm like, you got a problem with it? It's having a bad day. He goes, no, no, no <laughs> we're good. We're good. <laughs> so we went and they were selling more Yankees gear, but in their defense, they were selling a lot of Ricky Henderson Yankees gear. All right. was, yeah. You know, in their defense. Yeah, he was on both. So, um, but you'll love Petco. Petco is amazing. Um, and so is Dodger Stadium. Angel Stadium is the fourth oldest stadium uh, in uh, baseball. Yeah. And it feels old. Really? Dodger Stadium doesn't feel old. Angel Stadium does. They try to make up for it with um, food. So, like, you can right, get Panda right. Express, you can get stuff that you get at a shopping mall at yeah. Anaheim Stadium. Yeah. I like that authentic food, though, at, at the ballpark. I, I I can't go for all these, you know, like the chain restaurants at, at the ballpark. That's not cool. That's not baseball. I have know? never once ever gone to a baseball game and said, give me an egg roll. Right. <laughs> right. That's never crossed my mind. Give me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Give me yeah. some ballpark nachos that are stale and taste terrible give me a I hot wanna, dog i want to watch nine innings with panda express you know in my belly exactly you know, i won't make nine innings when i was in oakland i was driving by uh there was a strip mall that you know that has like a 7-eleven in it and all these like different things yeah. and we're driving towards the the ballpark and there's a big sign on the side of the building that says best philly cheesesteaks west of the mississippi and then it had three dots <laughs> and it said we also have egg rolls too <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, Dave, I've never said to myself, 
I need a Philly cheesesteak and I need an egg roll, but I don't want to make two stops. Yeah, right. <laughs> that has never crossed my mind. Even in college, that never crossed my mind. Right? Oh, man. When in college, you eat everything. It right. never crossed my mind. If we weren't going 80 miles an hour down the 80, I would have stopped and took a picture. Right. But I mean, <laughs> like, nobody believes me. Like a best side ever. That's so, beautiful. Anyways. Um, all right. Last question. Uh, Red Sox obviously are, for the most part, you guys aren't eliminated yet, but for the most part, you're kind of playing spoiler at this point. Yeah. Right. You got to have a lot of good things happen to you and a lot of bad things happen to about five teams for you guys to get in. Right. That's no disrespect to you guys. But what are you looking forward to in the offseason and then going into next season? What what do the Red Sox need to do? What are you looking forward to? Ah, I'm just hoping that they can put it together. You know, I have this weird theory uh, that the Red Sox are almost trying to devaluize the team in order to sell it, which sounds weird. But, I mean, it's happened with um, it happened with the Florida Marlins when they won in uh, 1997, I believe. They yep. won the World Series and then immediately sold. Uh, they sold off all their players and then poof, the team is is sold. And then I think it happened again in 2003, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. Yep. But um, I don't know. It just seems like they're doing odd things to the team where it's like, I, I really don't think that they're going to take back both Bogarts and Devers. I think uh, – I think if you have to pick one, as much as I like Xander Bogarts, I think if you have to pick one, you have to go with Raphael Devers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the dream world, and it would be great to get them both, but I really don't see that happening. I, I see Xander going somewhere else. Uh, Philly has been in in the rumor mill for a while, but um, you know, as long as we can get one of them, if we don't get either of them, come next season then you know there's really some serious talk about what's going on with this team because if you're going to continuously have to take out a small loan in order to take your family to the ballpark then there has to be some give and take you know i i understand that they won four world series with within you know uh, a small group of time but what have you done um, for me lately right that's the thing you know you you're putting all this perfume on the pig where this old stadium and you're putting all this brand new stuff and it looks nice. You know, when you get to Fenway, you're like, Oh, you know, it's an old stadium, but it looks good. You know, put some paint here and a new, whatever sponsored by deck over here. And you can watch the game here, but then the ticket prices are astronomical. And you're like, I, I don't understand what's going on here. And then you see like, you know, your team's in last place and the Baltimore Orioles are ahead of you by 10 games or something. You're like, what's going on here? What happened? But I mean, <laughs> I I just, I hope that they can turn it around. I don't really like uh, Heim Bloom. I, I just kind of think like he's doing things a little backwards. Um, although after the Tommy Pham trade and then, you know, you acquired – Reese McGuire, I'm like, well, I mean, those as much as you don't think those guys are going to stick around, that's pretty all right. They kind of just 
they stopped the fall. They're still a little falling, but they're holding on by that twig on the side of the mountain, you know, and they're just, right. and, and you're right though. You're just playing this, the, the guy who's going to spoil the party for most teams. And I'm, I accepted that fact, whatever, you know, you can't win every year. And yeah. And, and what's interesting about, about the Red Sox too, and, and the same thing with the Dodgers and the same thing with the Yankees and probably the Cardinals, maybe, um, and right now the Astros, because they're winning. Right. Um, you have players that want to, in free agency, play for marquee teams. Right. And you're one of those marquee teams. And so if the Royals offered Bogarts a contract and the the Red Sox matched it, he's not going to Kansas City to play. He's going to stay in Boston, right? Because right. he knows that every time you guys play the Yankees, that's the ESPN Sunday night game of the week. Right. right. He knows that he's going to get nationally televised eight or nine times where Kansas City doesn't get it once. Right. So you got some advantages there. And and the other advantage that you have with Bogarts, for example, and I agree with you, if I had to take Raphael or, or uh, Bogie, I'd, I'd probably take Raphael. But the advantage that you guys have is there's a ton of shortstops in the free agency market right now. Right. And Trey Turner is a free agent. Dodgers are going to try to get him. Uh, Bogarts is a free agent. Dansby Swanson is a free agent. You've got a, a plethora of shortstops out there that are that are going to move someplace or stay right. where they're at. And so you guys Plus do we have, have Trevor Story. So, yeah, exactly. You know, we... And you have Tre- and he doesn't mind playing shortstop. He made it very clear that he wasn't right. happy playing second base. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. And so, for a guy like that, uh, let's just keep him happy. You know, he's yeah. here for four more years. Let's let's just try to keep him happy. You know? Yeah. Let's try to win with him so you can get him for another four or five years afterwards. Right. right. And, you know, and I get- think that the, the Red Sox have made some very bad decisions uh, throughout the years. Obviously, you know, Pablo Sandoval, even you can look at this Chris Sale thing where, you know, you signed him for five something, you know, five years, six years or whatever it was. And we've gotten one good year off of him and then he keeps falling off his peloton or whatever he's doing you know every time i watch that guy pitch i think some chiropractor in the the northeast is very happy yeah is that guy every pitch that he throws i looks like he's breaking his back yeah i'm thinking some chiropractor is making a living and has a house on maui because of chris sale (laughs) absolutely and maybe you know honolulu too so it's unbelievable Anyways, Dave, thanks so much for joining the clubhouse. We're going to bring you back on. Um, if yeah. you'd like to be back on again, I'd love to have you on. Anytime. This was great. I love this. This is so much fun. This is Dave. Um, we will make sure that when we post this, this drops on Friday. When you're hearing it, we'll make sure that we post his Instagram and all of his social media. Follow him. He's amazing. He's got a show called In the In a Pickle with Sarah, who you've had we've had on before. Take a listen to it, guys. It it will crack you up. These two just go back and forth <laughs> off each other. And if you're not laughing by the end of it, then by all means, head directly to your cardiologist and get yourself checked out. There might be some <laughs> serious issues um, there. And also, don't forget, top fans, to go into locals.com. Um, sign up for locals.com and then follow top fan. Uh, you can do it in one of three ways. You can do it for free. We're totally okay with that. You do it for three bucks a month. We're going to send you a cute little top fan rivalry cozy. If you do it for five bucks a month. We're going to send you a T-shirt or a hat. It's up to you. Um, but follow that because that's where the around the diamond is going to be at. And that's where our exclusive content will be uh, in the off season. So make sure you're checking it out. Dave, again, thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for being on. Thanks for spending yeah, your time thank with you us very this much. morning. 
This was and we'll great. talk very soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks.